Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. We're talking about emotionally unavailable people. You know, being in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable partner, uh, we find ourselves in conflict a lot, lonely, very frustrated, and extremely confused. You know, very few people understand what causes emotional unavailability, much less reach out to connect. It's hard to develop that desire to reach out and connect because there's so much resentment for it. But the person who is emotionally unavailable rarely realizes the pain and the confusion caused by the very person they want to hurt the least. But they see their emotions as negative or unnecessary and internalize the emotions to the extent that they become unaware of their own feelings, their own needs beyond the physical touch, and also they develop what's called passive-aggressive behavior, where when they do blow up, it's really awful, and it basically both of them feel like they're crazy people. You know, an emotionally unavailable person is also incapable of tuning in on the subtext and the subtleties which surround us all, which is our emotional climate. That's the context. They understand content, but they don't get the context. And that's a very hard thing to get them to learn because it takes experience to learn how to experience emotion. And they cannot identify, much less validate the feelings of others. That that means the very root of all communication is compassion and empathy. That is the basis of all human language. That is what we all need from each other. No matter what language we speak, we need compassion and empathy. These folks have very little. And even in the early stages of rediscovering their feelings and emotions, they can be unwilling to share with or disclose them or for fear that this might make them vulnerable, exposed, or judged. And this is especially true of people, often women, who are perfectionists and people pleasers. They're easily embarrassed, highly invested in what others think about them. And others can be very insecure within themselves and unable to trust in their relationships. And trust is the basis of all relationships. You can love someone and not trust them, but when you trust someone, the love grows. There's friends that you have you haven't seen for 10 years and you may come back together and you trust each other, it'll grow like crazy. So if you want to work on a relationship, especially if you're emotionally unavailable, you have to develop emotional trust with your partner, which is a leap of faith, not fear. But people that are emotionally unavailable live in fear. And that is the motivator of their psyche. You know, they believe that winning is all important and losing and failure is not an option. That's usually men as perfectionists. And so what we really have to understand is these individuals lend uh, tend to keep conversation superficial, only showing passion or conviction when it is derived from an intellectual or an academic 
uh, exercise. And so they may use flattery, anger, avoidance, arrogance, control to emotionally distance themselves from others. Some do gaslighting, which is everybody else is crazy but me, which is called a narcissist. Outwardly, that kind of person may appear to be very self-sufficient, very strong, very stable, very steadfast, and seem to be confident, but they tend to lack empathy and compassion, which means they have no ability to truly, deeply connect with another person in their life. You know, all emotionally unavailable people have emotional obstacles in their lives that can often make them overly critical of themselves and other people. Uh, frequently, they're cynical and they're very negative about life and the causes of emotional unavailability, fear of intimacy, fear of being overwhelmed, fear of being hurt, fear of being judged, irrational fear of death and or fear of being exposed as less than who they really portray themselves to be. And what we have to understand is that the deepest part of love is the ability to suffer for another. That is what keeps people connected, is suffering for another. And when we choose to do that in, we, in our life, we are choosing to be emotionally available to our partner. That is a very important component to understand. It's also developmentally. Babies, regardless of gender, are born with a full range of emotions. At birth, none of us are emotionally unavailable unless we're born with severe disabilities, you know, like, uh, you know, uh, also parents who are themselves emotionally available are able to guide uh, a, a child's uh, uh, progeny, their, their, their little life, regulate their emotions, understand why they're crying, understand the need that that child has or that baby has. That's very important to be emotionally plugged in. But people that are emotionally unavailable and are the primary parent are going to often create an unsafe childhood for that baby because they're not emotionally plugged in. They don't fully understand why they're crying. They're worried about themselves rather than the child. And anytime the child becomes inconvenient, that becomes a problem for them. And so that first year of life, that child can develop what's called emotional anxiety or anxious attachment. And that in itself is going to make a barrier to how they grow up and how they are able to trust other people because they will understand that even their primal relationship with their parent was not consistent or always safe. So, you know, we have to understand that the impact that emotional unavailability has on our life means we are denying our will, our spirit. We are denying it. And we are living in our human life. And that means all our focus is really about pushing a boulder uphill rather than connecting with all the other people in the world spiritually. And I know that sounds rather, uh, you know, strange, but the bottom line is, is that that is really the essence of why we are here. That is what drives us. Our will is our spirit. And that is the part of us that we need to connect with. You know, children who grow up in, in, in chaotic homes where emotions are acted out as conflict can repress their emotions and emotionally shut down completely just to stay off your radar, you know? And, and on the other hand, children who grow up in homes where expressing emotions is unacceptable and viewed as a sign of weakness can equally disconnect from and repress their natural emotions. Other causes of emotional unavailability in, adult, in adulthood include childhood neglect and child abuse or trauma. That can also cause a person to emotionally shut down. 
You know, it's being in a relationship with someone who's emotionally unavailable is a crazy maker. It is frustrating. It's painful. It's lonely. And, and a healthy, intimate relationship is the very nature that requires emotional intimacy, allowing ourselves to be emotionally available to our partner. You know, emotional connection requires a partner to attune to the emotions of the other person. Partners of emotional unavailable people can feel unseen, unheard, unappreciated, unwanted, unloved. Here's the other strange thing. Now that we've had COVID, there is enormous amount of anxiety and depression, and a lot of people are on antidepressants. Well, here's the funny thing about an antidepressant, and I'm not against it. I am for it. But the fact is, is that some of them can just turn you off emotionally, and we have to be very careful with that. We have to be very careful to live with an antidepressant our whole life. Antidepressants are meant to go off of, but you have to do it over two, three week period. You can't, and you have to do it in stages. You can't just go off of it because you'll go on the withdrawal and you'll find yourself doing crazy things like a, a, a bipolar person. You know, it's not all uncommon for an emotionally unavailable person to send mixed signals. Also, these folks, while they may express a desire to need to be close uh, to their actions are contradictory to their words. And so when uh, closeness is experienced, they may pull away or shut down, creating distance once more. So shutting down emotionally is usually a defense or a protective mechanism because you're getting too close to them emotionally and they don't trust you or themselves with that emotion. They don't know what's going to happen if they become emotional because they feel like they're out of control when they're emotional. That's the control freak in all of us. If we are control freaks, we will never connect fully with another person. You know, emotionally unavailable people can change. You know, I've seen a whole lot of people change over the years. And, and, and it's for the first time it enables them to get in touch with their emotions. Truly trust someone. You know, and finally become able to engage in their relationship with loved ones. And, and so that process is being off. Oftentimes in a therapeutic relationship where you have confidentiality and the therapist allows that emotionally unavailable person to expound on their emotions and explore their emotional content. And it's often difficult to spot whether someone is emotionally unavailable, especially in the early stages of a relationship. And that is tricky. They can be charming, engaging, and, and make you feel like they are committed. But as time goes on and the relationship deepens, you'll start to feel lonely and dissatisfied and unsure why. You know, so you have to wonder what makes an unemotional uh, emotionally unavailable partner. Well, they tend to hardly share how they feel with you. Whether you ask them how they are, they always say they're fine. I'm okay, even when they're not. Also, they turn everything into a joke, especially when you show emotions uh, or if the subject is difficult for them. And also, there's another sign of when you bring up a disagreement or raise a potential conflict, they may distance themselves, they may withdraw, they may counterattack, they may deflect by bringing up another topic so that you don't resolve that conflict. Also, when you talk about something intimate or express a deep feeling, they probably won't give you a personal response, but a quote from a theory or a book or a famous saying from someone else. They also may try to make you feel guilty for wanting more emotional connection than what they're willing to give.
And also when you share something in more depth, they may seem to check out or have to distract themselves. They try to, to compensate for the lack of emotional intimacy by showering you with physical attention. You know, dates, expensive gifts, la-di-da. You know, when they express, when you express a feeling of being alone, they'll start to blame you and gaslight you as if you are the crazy one. They also make jokes about how crazy or too sensitive you are. They avoid talking about their childhood. They act defensively if you ask about it. They may insist it was good or say that they cannot remember anything. So there's kind of like types of these people. And there's there's one is called the jester. And the jester is an emotionally unavailable partner that tends to see themselves as being funny and optimistic. You may notice that whenever you show emotions, they can't handle it. They turn what you say into a joke or trivialize the subject matter. They likely defend themselves by claiming that they're a positive person who is trying to cheer you up. You know, if they can't calmly and effectively cope with the fact that you have strong emotions, they may just stop contacting you. Or they may act passive-aggressive. For example, giving you a cold shoulder or not responding to your messages. Stonewalling and not talking to you for hours, days, weeks. They may even blame you for bringing them down and making them depressed. You know, there's also another type of unemotional person. It's called the fixer. And the, another sign that shows a person is emotionally available is they always want to step in and fix problems, not just validate your feelings, which is what we all really need. We don't want you to fix our feelings. We don't want you to fix our problems. Don't do it. Shut up. Just listen. Validate. That's all we're asking. It's a lot less work than what you think it is. You know, and this is usually because they're afraid of their emotions and they're keen on staying in control and they think the responsibility lies upon them to ensure that others are happy. And if they were or are in a codependent relationship with, with their parents, they may feel on some level that you bring upset that they don't want to have to deal with and they will go back to their parents and rely on them emotionally rather than you. And it also may be apparent that their abusive, overbearing parents impact them. However, when you express your concerns, your partner may get angry at you and tell you it's not your business and avoid the conversation altogether. You know, so frustrating as it is, it's important to remember that your partner has spent most of their life learning how to interact with people in ways that allow them to protect themselves, which means they always have to fix when people are emotional. There's also this person called the counselor, you know, and contrary to common misconception, not all emotionally inaccessible partners come across as rational and aloof. Some can appear warm and kind and generous, but still distant. And so they may be relatively patient, but when you try to make the closeness to another level, you hit a wall. You know, it's surprise, surprise. So, you know, your partner may think of themselves as a mature nice person when what they do is shove a big part of your psyche into the unconscious and their darker sides inevitably come out in destructive ways such as demeaning and condescending and that's not good because that tears you down and if you tell them something that is upsetting they may not retort they may retort on a high level 
you know, concepts, rationalizations, self-help wisdom, but they hardly ever share their true viewpoints and have a spontaneous congruent reaction. For example, they may justify grievances with something like that's life or changes are always constant. You know, there there is nothing about true empathy. You know, this, this can make you feel that your natural human, even healthy reactions such as anger and grief and sadness are all wrong. And that's not good. And it, it can also be difficult to put your finger on what is happening because they seem so nice on the surface, but there's a deep disconnect inside. And you may find it hard to explain to friends and family that this is actually a very good person. Somehow, somehow doesn't feel enough or meet your emotional needs. And that's frustrating. You know, you want to reflect on your patterns. You know, have you somehow attracted or drawn towards you someone that has avoidant attachment patterns that are they emotionally closed off are they extremely reserved does your partner respond to you in a way that reminds you of your parents and this is called repetition compulsion you know gaining self-understanding means you can have a more balanced view of a relationship it also allows you to take responsibility for your contribution in any dysfunctional, dysfunctional dynamics, which sets a strong foundation for improving the relationship moving forward. You know, so what you want to do is summon your own personal compassion. Even an emotionally unavailable partner could hurt us deeply, but they're not intentionally doing so. And we have to realize that a lot of this was created in their childhood. So they're mostly afraid of their feelings. So to knock the wall down, you actually want to have compassion for them. You know, uh, that must be terrible for you that I, I can understand how frustrated you are. You know, oh, that's a good point. I never thought about what you might have gone through. These are things that help open the door to them understanding and send them the signals that you might be emotionally available to hear their emotions. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Dr. Connie Mariano is a groundbreaker. She was the White House physician to three presidents, toured the world on Air Force One, and has had countless amazing experiences. The one thing that life didn't prepare her for was becoming a widow. After losing her beloved husband, John, in a tragic accident, Dr. Connie joined the one million women who were widowed in the United States each year. While her journey as a widow has been one of intense grief and sorrow, it has also been one of extraordinary growth and rebirth. Now, Dr. Connie is sharing what she's learned, joined by her knowledgeable guests to help anyone struggling with this deeply personal and often lonely journey of their own. Tune into The Widow's Walk, Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. 
you are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about emotionally unavailable people. You know, it's, it's really understanding that some people don't feel safe emotionally because they may come from a childhood of trauma, parents that are fighting all the time, emotionally unavailable parents, emotionally unavailable siblings. Maybe they're just introverts and have a hard time interacting with other people. There's all kinds of excuses to be that kind of person, but you can create, if you're stuck with somebody like that, you can create an environment that actually may help them come forward with their emotions. One of the things that was very, very important is to understand that if you're going to have a conflict with someone and you're in a relationship, that conflict is only meant to make the relationship better. And so there's no need to be defensive. Even if they're defensive, you need to be going towards them with comfort and compassion. It's important not to take their reactions personally. They have a very primitive emotional IQ. And if you are going to meet with them, you cannot sit there and hit and attack them for actually not having a good emotional IQ. You have to help them cultivate a good IQ. You know, if you can go into a conversation with an attacking stance, you'll make it clear that your main intention is not to to complain or accuse or make demands. Your partner may be more receptive to hearing what you need if you're not defensive. Although you may be reluctant in the beginning, it could be useful to give them very specific directions on what to say or do. Oh, I understand. Okay, I hear what you're saying. Oh, so what you're telling me is this. Oh, so you're feeling this way. I get it. I understand. You know, that may feel really unnatural at first, but they'll be relieved to know that they can actually express emotions with you. And that for themselves helps them feel safer. Another thing that helps them feel safer is having physical intimacy. Now, I'm not talking about sex. What I'm actually talking about is that two-foot body space around you. That is your real estate when you're in a relationship. That's your intimacy place. And when people enter that, it is an I love you. So the more you enter that with each other, just in fleeting touches, a kiss on the forehead, a touch on the knee, you don't have to hover. You don't have to linger. You don't have to hold it for a long time. It's not like that. It's just a very quick, quick interaction, but enter the real estate and that's an I love you. And it's nonverbal, but it also tells them that you're emotionally available for them. You know, instead of words of support, offering practical support, being available, making time for, for them, it may be their love language, you know, also acts of service may be their love language. Uh, intimacy may be their love language. Spending time together, quality time together may be their love language. And that is a need. It's not a want. And we have to recognize these things. You know, also words, words of affirmation may be their love language. And if you're going to not hit them 
with their love language, if you're not going to vest in what they need in this life, you are not going to have a good emotional attachment to each other. It is your job if you are to be in the covenant of a relationship that you will actually emotionally engage the other person on the emotional need that they have, which is illogical. But if you read the five love languages, you may understand it a little better. Also, if you are in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable person, there are things you can do to help your relationship. Be compassionate towards yourself and them. You know, when you say this, this is how, this is what it puts me through, and this is how I feel about it. When you do this, this is what I go through, and this is how I feel. That's all we have to do to do conflict. Not that bad. It's really not that bad. And remember that it's no one's fault. Be honest with yourself about what you need and want. You know, use I statements instead of you statements. You know, without attacking or adopting a demanding stance, communicate your needs and wants to your partner. These are very, very, very important things in this life. Also, we need to be really good at signs of an emotional unavailable person. First of all, they they probably don't communicate very consistently. Sure, not everyone's available all the time for a super quick text, but this is happening all the time. You need to take note. If someone is leaving you guessing as to when and where they are or if they're going to talk to you, chances are good that they're not emotionally available and truly to truly connect and make you feel heard. If someone is there for you, and is into you, they want to talk to you, and they will reach out. So sometimes these people are horrible communicators. Also, they avoid conversations that go deeper. You know, if the person you're seeing has no interest of getting deep in a conversation, especially when it comes to your relationship, that's a sign that they're not available. You know, avoiding engaging in communication and discussion centered around commitment, or even getting closer in a relationship, you need to be pretty aware that that's going on as to whether or not you want to go any deeper with that person. Also, if they, if they feel overwhelmed or smothered by emotional intimacy, you know, emotionally unavailable people don't, they masquerade as being fiercely independent and self-sufficient. You got to be aware of that. You know, it, it's often an illusion used to evade being vulnerable with feelings and wanting a little space in a relationship can be a sign of emotional control. You know, uh, sometimes an excessive need for alone time in a relationship can be a reflection of discomfort with intimacy. You know, if their primary driver is independence and their greatest fear is engulfment, losing themselves in another person or being subsumed by a relationship is not in the cards. You need to wake up and understand that that person is emotionally detached. Also, a lot of times they avoid labels. Pretending you're not in a relationship when you're in a relationship is a red flag. So if the person you're dating doesn't want to be labeled as a relationship, chances are Things are not organically developing in a healthy way. So relationships can take many forms. So if you see, for instance, on Facebook, it's complicated. It is complicated. There's no commitment there. And that's the sad part of it. You know, if they refuse to define their relationship or talk about what you can both expect from each other, if they can't do that, that's not emotional availability. Also, they want perfection. If you feel like you need to be perfect, chill, sexy, and interesting all the time in order to keep someone interested, chances are you're not the issue. Emotionally unavailable people can be impossible to 
satisfied because they're always looking for something negative to latch onto in order to justify their crappy behavior. You know, they seek perfection and imperfect humans. That's not good. We're not perfect. So that they can use those flaws as justification for ending things or not getting serious with you. And what often happens is people in relationships with an emotionally unavailable person, that person will push you away and push you away, but they'll never want to break up. They'll, oh, I don't want to break up. No, I don't want to do that. But they'll do everything to break up and they don't ever want to break up. Well, the reason is they want you to be the responsible one so they can blame you. That is why they're not going after the divorce. That's why they're not breaking up because they don't want to be to blame because they don't know the word responsibility. These people are also another sign that you're with a toxic person that's emotionally unavailable. People who are emotionally unavailable tend to confuse their partners with their inconsistent behavior. They vacillate between very hot and very cold in a relationship. One second, do they go totally cold? And then the next second, they go totally hot. And this can feel uncomfortable and pretty scary. You know, if someone makes you feel safe and comfortable one day, only to disappear for a week, this person's not likely to be emotionally available to you. While the temptation to come back when someone comes out of the, the, the bad part and says, oh, I want to be with you again, that's not good. That means they're emotionally unavailable. You know, also, if you're second guessing what you say all the time and can't get a clear answer on what your partner wants or needs from a relationship, they may not be available to be vulnerable to you. And this can also lead to that feeling of walking on eggshells, wherein you worry one wrong step or word uttered will lead this person to stop calling you or stop engaging with you. This does not make for a productive dynamic. It's not healthy. Emotionally unavailable people are not ready for a relationship. That is the truth. And that is what you need to come to. Can you be in a relationship with an emotionally unavailable person? Yes, but you have to be willing to lead them to become emotionally vulnerable, which calls for you to have to work through all of their defense mechanisms in order to get down to the root of their very being, which means you have to be constantly safe, even though they're constantly destructive. Also, People that are emotionally unavailable will not compromise their time. They're often unaware of the feelings of other people. And that this is a sign of a narcissist, by the way. But they tend to value control over situations and aren't willing to compromise. If the person you're seeing wants you to bend over backwards to fit yourself around their schedule, but won't inconvenient themselves to do the same for you, chances are they are not available emotionally. And so they want the relationship to revolve around them because they lack the emotional depth to to understand that relationships are actually a two-way street. You know, also, uh, if, if you tend to think of the relationship as a job, you might find yourself to be emotionally unavailable. All relationships take work, but if you stop seeing them as a burden, you might not be as available. You might be more available to your partner. It is a job. It is hard work, but it's also emotional work, and you have to be willing to engage in that. You know, it's amazing that we will uh, have people in our lives that are emotionally unavailable, toxic people, and we still seek them as resources. Not a good thing to surround yourself with emotionally unavailable people. You know, 
They, uh, they uh, emotionally unavailable people, other signs is letting go of draining toxic relationships with friends and partners is a good idea, but emotionally unavailable people tend to do this without proper consideration for the consequences. They'll just drop you at the first sign of any kind of confusion, or they'll ghost people, or they'll block someone so that you don't ever have to work through conflict. And so this is another way that emotionally un unavailable people uh, uh operate. Also, oftentimes, if you feel yourself pulling away from people who try to get close to you or find that you question or distrust the intentions of others, you're probably not holding your emotions out there. And it's not to say that you should automatically trust everyone you meet, but pulling away without a reason is a cause for concern. You know, it takes time to trust new people. But if you find yourself pushing others away consistently, it's a good check light that you may need to get an emotional tune up. You know, the bottom line is when you are trying to trust someone, you have to give them faith. I have faith in you. I don't trust you, but I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to act like I trust you until I do. If I see signs that I can't trust you, then I'll know that. And that is how we get to trust. We don't just go out there and trust someone. That's crazy. It's not a good idea. The, the other thing, you know, if people uh, like to be chased or they like the illusion of passion in place of a real emotional intimacy, meaning that they will do a, a, a quick one-and-done relationship where they have sex or whatever, and it's emotional and passionate, but all of a sudden they walk out, they're emotionally unavailable. That's a sign that that person is toxic. You know, there's many reasons why someone might be unavailable. Sometimes they have a fear of intimacy. Sometimes they have a, a fear of being close that might stem from, a, you know, an avoidant attachment style, or they may just have trust issues in general because they don't like people. They don't trust people, or they may not trust a certain type of person. You know, they also may be emotionally unavailable because they simply are not interested in a serious relationship. In this day and age, there's a lot of lonely people out there that have also decided not to be in relationships because they're too painful. Well, pain is a reminder you're still alive. We're here feeling pain. That is part of our life. It is how we deal with pain and how we become resilient to pain and how we become creative and passionate and still live this life even though we suffer. That is part of living. And we all have to take that in and we all have to understand that. And that's why living and suffering in this life is our main driver in this life, unfortunately, because anything hard is going to be difficult. It's going to be emotionally painful. But if you have an emotionally unavailable person in your life that you depend on, uh, they're going to make this life 10 times harder because you have no reservoir to draw from and you have nobody feeding you and helping you with your own emotional climate. And if you really think about it, all of our emotions are our motivators. If we have no emotions, we become robotic. We have we do we do maybe perfectionistic work or mediocre work in this life. But the bottom line is there's no flavor. There's no real flavor, and that's what we miss out on. You know, if we don't learn the lessons in our unhealthy relationships are revealing us, our damaging patterns will keep repeating over and over and over. If you end up marrying a parent like your someone like your parents that's emotionally unavailable. 
you may be very comfortable with that because that's what you grew up with, but that's not what you need. Sometimes we attract ourselves to what we're familiar with rather than who we are and what we need as a person. And we need to become stronger about that in this world as we live this life. We need to give ourselves the reservoir of having to tap in to someone who actually will listen to our feelings and we are willing to hear their feelings and we are willing to have compassion for us, for them, and they're willing to have compassion for us. You know, once we do that, we can grow and that's important. And so we use relationships as a way to expand ourselves and help us develop a roadmap for how to change this, these damaging patterns in our life and how to buffer ourselves from all of the bumps and pains that are caused in this life. So it's really, really important for us to understand how to deal with it. And that is what we want to start talking about. Relationships are hard. But they can be even more difficult to navigate when someone is emotionally unavailable. Being emotionally unavailable means a person is unable to connect to their feelings or their partner's feelings. Emotionally unavailable people often find ways to avoid serious or emotional conversations, which then creates an intimacy barrier, not just physical, and they never truly allows the relationship to mature to its fullest. And so it's important to recognize those signs, you know, and, and look at what that is and, and be aware of what the causes are. You know, sometimes emotional availability is actually temporary. It may be doing, uh, due to shifting priorities or be the person being overwhelmed in their life or grieving. Someone may be grieving someone's death. That sometimes can cause people to be emotionally unavailable. And we have to understand, once again, the context of what's causing this. Work obligations can make people unavailable. Healing from an injury can cause people to be emotionally unavailable. So there can be reasons that can be overcome. Also, trauma can greatly affect a person's psyche and may cause someone to keep their guard up to protect themselves against getting hurt. Trauma has lots of triggers, and it can oftentimes be traced to someone's childhood, previous relationships where they learned suppressing their emotions could help them survive. If they have that pattern, they're probably going to fall back on that first before they do what is healthy. It is a choice to be emotionally unavailable. And it is a mental health issue. And it can be prevented because it is a thought disorder. And that's what we need to hang on to. And then we need to go into how to de deal with it, how to work with it. And that's what we're going to do in this next segment. So come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Stuck in a state of being that holds us back from creating the life we truly desire. Regardless of your own blocks or limitations, imagine an easier way to get unstuck and move forward with your life. On this show, Jason Hopkins shares his practical next right step approach that will move you toward the life you really want 
You too can be steps from getting the abundance, love, support, and fulfillment your heart desires. Get unstuck. Move forward with your life with Jason Hopkins. Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about emotional unavailability. And, you know, in dealing with someone that has, that is emotionally unavailable can be very hard because pointing out someone's flaws who they may not believe they have any can really backfire. And the person may begin to turn things around on their partner and potentially sabotage the relationship. So it's important to remember that fixing someone else's problem is a really, really, really difficult task and it is not encouraged. However, you can voice your observations or concern, but you can't demand change or try to change someone yourself. That's not why you're with someone. You're not there to change them. You're there to accept them and adapt. And they're there just to, to adapt to you. You want to influence them. That's something they'll have to do on their own is change. All right, so first of all, if you address someone's emotional unavailability, you want to express how it's affecting you and lead with I statements. It's also important to have clear examples of why you think they're emotionally unavailable so that they don't feel ambushed. Also, if your partner seems receptive after you express your feelings, then you can try to help them identify how their emotional unavailability is affecting them but only if they're open to it. You know, you want to reflect how someone's emotional unavailability also affects your mental and emotional health. And it can be exceptionally draining to remain in a relationship with someone who is emotionally unavailable, especially when you yourself, if you're very emotional, um, this situation leads to feelings of rejection, unimportance, and it can be very upsetting when you recognize the energy you've put into a relationship outweighs your partner's contributions. And so over time, a person can begin to internalize their emotional unavailable partner's behaviors and become depressed. And sometimes a wall may go up for the partner. And now you have two emotionally unavailable people in a relationship. And that, my friends, is the deepest, most loneliest place in the universe. Commonly, the partner conforms to the behaviors and carries on the relationship. Many people will start to compartmentalize. Okay, I work, make income. You come home. You take care of kids. I do this. I do that. We make dinner. I make dinner. You take care of the kids. We start to functionalize our whole relationship when we become emotionally detached. You know, if you feel your behavior or your character is shifting in a way that you don't like because of the relationship dynamic you're in, you might 
want to consider, number one, whether it's the right relationship for you if you're not married, or if you are married, maybe you ought to try counseling so that you guys can learn how to better communicate. You know, we also don't want to try to manage our partner's feelings. That's not our job. We cannot be responsible for your partner's emotional climates. They're in charge of how they feel, not you. They decide how they feel, not you. So it's up to us individually. That means your partner shuts down because they're upset. Don't pressure them to talking or try to fix it because it's not your responsibility to manage your partner's emotional well-being and happiness. You know, uh, you'll notice that a change when you take a step back and release the responsibility. Then now they're understanding that they have to manage their own emotions and they're going to have to recover. You also want to consider counseling once again. You know, couples therapy can be extremely beneficial to a relationship. Needing to talk to someone to process your emotions is nothing to be ashamed of. And sometimes in therapy, you can say stuff to the therapist that you would never say to your partner. And that's a beautiful thing because now we're getting honest. Now we're getting real. Now we're getting down to the real, real world problem. And we're trying to get some tools to work things out. You also have to step back in support of your partner, hoping that they will actually step up. You know, it's important to be clear with them about what you want from the relationship and how you would like them to show up for you. I would prefer that you would actually talk to me. I would prefer that you would want to communicate with me through the day. I would prefer that when it comes down to making a hard decision, that you would actually reach out and get my opinion and my input so that we both are making decisions together because ultimately in a marriage we are there to do what's right for us what's right for us and the whole other aspect of it if you don't get it from a spiritual perspective is here it is your relationship with your marital spouse if it's the covenant of marriage is about how to love god it is integrating your partner into your life and having to do what's right for both of you. That's what we do for God. And you can always tell where you stand with God by where, how you treat your partner. How you love your kids is how you believe that God loves you. And so there is an accountability in all relationships for your behavior. If it's not in the relationship, it is also in your spirituality. You know, you, you you have to ask yourself if you're enabling that person's behavior. Someone's emotional unavailability is not your fault, nor is it your responsibility to fix it. But it's important to think about how you might be enabling their behavior, you know, from a lack of boundaries or not being clear about what you need or want or deserve. You know, boundaries in a relationship are so simple. This is what I can do. And this is what I can't do. That's boundaries. It's not always a hard no. It's not always a yes. It is what I can do and what I can't do. That's boundaries. Not that hard. We can all do that. You know, it's also ask yourself, are you emotionally unavailable too? And, you know, it takes more work to uh, reflect on what your faults are than to point out someone else's. So when considering whether the person you're with is emotionally unavailable, make sure to check in with yourself to determine if you're emotionally unavailable and being receptive to your partner's expression of emotions. The number one emotion, once again, that you need to plug into and really understand in this life is compassion for another. Not defensiveness, not justification, not the need to be right, the need to be compassionate, no matter what that person's saying, 
and how hurtful it is to you, you still want to recognize that compassion is what's going to, to bring it down. And if you don't have that, you're going to have a lot of struggles in this life. Also, you need to also know sometimes relationships are so toxic that you need to know when to walk away. Saying goodbye to a relationship you've worked hard to build is not easy. It takes strength. It takes good sense of self and a willingness to acknowledge your needs are not being consistently met. So you really have to see the conscious effort happening on the other person's end. And it can't just be you working and waiting for things to change. It's not likely they're going to because you're doing all the work for them. And so sometimes you have to ask yourself whether you'd be happy if your partner's behavior were to continue after a certain amount of time. You know, explore that question. You know, if your partner hasn't attempted to change after several conversations, if you feel as though you're, you've done all you can, if you're ready to leave, permission is not needed. And the truth is, apathy is the opposite of love. And if you're getting close to apathy, there's very little to work with. That is the point when most people leave each other at apathy. And it's emotionally unavailable people who actually offer you a lot of apathy. And that is very difficult to live with, very hard to, to want to connect with, and it's certainly not sexy. It is a horrible, horrible thing that people do, but they shut themselves off emotionally, and then we live like zombies walking through this life just coping and never living. You know, some people are taught that overt displays of emotion are a sign of weakness. Instead, they develop strategies and patterns of responding that, that uh, emotion by shutting down or repressing overt signals of emotionality is weakness. And if that is what it is, that's what we take into our life, especially if we have childhood experiences that reinforce that emotions are weak. Many emotionally unavailable adults were once children who felt that their parents were unable to respond to their needs. And so these children learn to adapt by suppressing their emotions, minimizing others' access to their emotional life, therefore denying others the opportunity to invalidate or neglect them again. They don't want to be traumatized, especially if you go through the first years of your life being neglected. That tells you you're not important, and guess what? That means you're going to form the context as an adult as you move into life, since nobody really cares, I have to be the adult. I have to make all my decisions. And we make these childish decisions in our child years. And then we reinforce that through our life, thinking that we're right about everything. And then we detach from other people. And all we can do is attract people who are codependent. Also, traumatic events, they could be situational causes, such as a breakup, a divorce, a traumatic experience that can cause people to shut down emotionally in order to maintain everyday functioning. Because if they were, able to feel the extent of their emotions, it might be challenging for them to go on living their lives. Also, many people have past experiences that they've learned in earlier relationships that show their emotion only leads to pain and suffering. But pain is important. Pain is an ingredient of this life. You don't run from your problems. You face your problems. You don't run from things that are hard. You need to face things that are hard. People who are emotionally unavailable usually view conversations about hurt feelings and requests to change behavior and discussions of their relationship dynamics as totally off limits. And not only will they shut down, they might even get angry and find ways to blame you for bringing it up and make you the crazy one. And so you, this can take a toll on you. 
This can take a toll on your sex life. This can take a toll on your desire to, to make memories together. This can take toll on your emotional climate with each other. This can take a toll on everything, how you raise your children, how you respond to each other. What happens when you go to the hospital? Do they even show up? You know, do they even care that you're sick? You know, this can be a problem. When people grow apart, they also become very much alone and very much without a support system. You know, potential romantic partners are likely to quickly grow frustrated when that emotionally unavailable ingredient comes forward because they will start creating parameters around the relationship to protect themselves. They also avoid commitment. And this could look like avoiding labels in relationship or postponing the progression. So you really need to identify the causes. You know, it's helpful to start to understand the causes of the emotional unavailable. You know, if it's situational due to recent trauma or loss, that's good. That's fine. That probably can be worked through. So you have to give yourself time and give them time to process and, and, and what happened. You know, if, if the source is an attachment trauma from child neglect, it can be helpful to work on processing those experiences, likely in a professional therapy environment. It's not helpful to neglect your own emotions the way your caregivers once did. You know, practicing emotional expressions is very easy. I feel. Why don't, when you come home and you see each other, why don't you actually discuss and actually go deep on how you feel? How you feel? How do you feel today? No, really, tell me more about it. I'd like to hear how you're feeling. Let that go. Let that go and listen. Don't fix it. But that is really, really important part of our lives. You know, uh, emotionally intelligent people have a number of habits and behaviors that contribute to their availability to manage their own emotions, understanding the feelings of others. They have the ability to perceive emotions. They have the ability to reason with emotions. They have the ability to understand emotions and the ability to manage emotions, you know, Perceived emotions is considered the most basic first level of emotional intelligence. The skills progress to the to last item, which is managing emotions, which is considered the highest level emotional intelligence. So, you know, self-awareness is huge. It's, it's one of the hugest components. It involves the ability to recognize moods, recognize emotions, recognize feelings. You know, part of self-awareness also involves being aware of how your emotions and moods influence other people. For instance, if you have an anger problem, which is actually rage, you may stare down and understand why am I getting there? Well, you're probably getting there because, number one, you feel disrespected in the relationship, which means you have no voice, you're not heard. Or number two, there's fear. Or possibly there is disrespect and fear, and that will cause people to have continuous rage. That means you have to decide what is causing the disrespect, what is causing the fear, and actually have a conversation and communication about how to make it better. You know, it, it, it's in order for us to interact with other people in multiple life domains, such as work or school or family or life or children, we need to be able to know what each other is feeling if we're going to read each other and be safe. That is huge. That is important expressiveness, curiosity are huge, enormously good qualities in all people. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I love hearing from you. And you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, narcissists 
feel like they are impasse because they hurt when someone does not do what they want. <laughs> also, you can tell someone is emotionally unavailable because they often share their feelings on social media. Apathy is the opposite of love. Imagine having an emotionally damaged mind and picking someone emotionally unavailable and then breeding. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 